This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Hello everyone, today we're going to do this uh, exclusive shiur, the Lunishmat, our very good, uh, good friend. Uh, he was a great man in the community, he passed away, uh, passed away this past week. Lunishmat, Yitzchak Ben Chana Adel. This is Rabbi uh, Marcus's uh, father. He passed away, so uh, we're going to make a special exclusive class for this shiur. And about I, last night, a guy comes over to my house, businessman, and uh, he came over, and uh, you know, he he was talking a little bit with me, and he said as follows: <clears throat> I said, I heard your business is doing very well. It's a true story. He came last night to my house. I said, I heard your business is doing very well. I'm very proud. And uh, he said, yes. I said, uh, how'd you start? What's going? He says, Rabbi, you don't know the beginnings of it. People see the end, but nobody sees the beginning. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean? He tells me like this. Listen to what he tells me. And this is this week's parasha. Listen to what he tells me. He says that what happened was... <clears throat> He went to an industry where when he went in, he was started very, very small. And people were like doubting him completely. And he ended up becoming one of the biggest in the industry. So I said, I said, how'd you do that? He tells me very simple. When I got in, he said he was the underdog. What does underdog mean? He's always everybody. Everybody said, "Nah, this guy's never gonna make it. This guy's never gonna make it. Never gonna make it. Never make it. Never make it. Never make it. Never make it." And he said, "I wanted to make it so bad that when I finally made it, I was higher. I made it bigger than all my competitors." And he says, "So I said, how did you do that?" And this is what he answered me. He says, "Because my competitors." felt that since they were so high in the industry up ranks, so they said, we don't have to strive for further growth, we're good. We don't have to continue growing, we're good. However, I, which is this businessman telling me, I kept on going and going, and even now when the business, when I'm a top, with the top sales reps, in the basically whatever it was, selling who knows how many, but at the end of the day, I feel as if I'm just getting started, and my motivation is like as if I started, and I don't feel I'm made. And he's always pushing and pushing and pushing. Now you might say, what does this have to do with anything with this week's parasha? And I'll tell you very, very simply. And this week we read, listen to what we read. We read the parasha of the me'il, of the, we're going to read about the big day keuna. The Kohanim had, the Kohen they had a me'il, they had a coat, royal blue, something gorgeous. And this me'il, the Kohen was wearing this, Kohen was wearing this me'il, he had bells on the bottom of the, of the coat. And the Torah specifically says, when he walked in to do the, bet, the, the service of the Beit HaMikdash, when he walked in, he heard the bells. And when he walked out, he heard the bells. So I'm going to ask you an obvious question. If I tell you that he hears the bells when he walks in, obviously it makes noise. Obviously when he walks out, 
of the Beit HaMikdash, he also hears that noise. So what is, the Torah says there's no extra words, there's no extra even letter, there's no extra even anything. By the way, you just know Rabbi Akiva, he, he, he was, he, he learned by Nachumish Gamzu. And he says, he did 20, 22 years he says every et of the Torah, like it says, even the vav, that I bought the chicha gadol, not only respect your parents, you have to respect your older brother. Every, every letter, every nuance, it could have just said, why say, it's so many, everything's secret. If that's the case, why is the Torah going out of its way extra to say, oh, by the way, you should know, he heard the bells ringing when he was walking in. Obviously when he was walking out. Who cares when he's walking out? If he heard it or not. Oh, he heard the bells when he was walking out? Let me tell you, Big Yisod. Let me tell you, Big Yisod. The, 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 <clears throat> when a person prays Amidah, he walks back three steps. You know, he walks steps, three steps, and he says, The Gemara says, everybody knows, you are not allowed to go right away, three steps forward, back. You're not allowed. The Gemara says, Betty didn't even pray. He says, what? What do you mean? Well, why, is it, why is it so bad? Think about it. You finish Amidah, you walk back three steps, you finish Amidah, oh, don't walk right away. Really, the halacha says, if it's shacharit or mincha, you should really wait until the hazara goes up hazara, and then say the nakdishach, walk three steps, say the nakdishach. That's really the, the ideal. But let's say, for example, a person, let's say, praying arbit, or let's say a person, he's away and he can't find the minyan, and, he, and whatever it was, and now he's praying by himself for whatever reason. You can't go right away back after you finish the amidah and go straight back in. If you step three steps back, you have to wait at least a few seconds. Let's say, let's say you want to wait four or five seconds, right? And then you can walk forward. So you say, why is it so terrible? Why is it saying it's better you didn't pray? That's, that's what the Gemara says in your mouth. Better you didn't pray. Better you didn't pray. What's so bad if a person walked out, walked from his amidah, and then walked right back? No. It's saying you have to wait at least a few seconds. If you're praying by yourself, wait at least a few seconds, three, five, three to five seconds, and then move forward. Why? Why? The answer is, you have to understand something. When, it's not only when you start a mitzvah, do you have to have the enthusiasm and the excitement and this and that and that. It's also when you close the mitzvah, you have to understand how vital it is when you're finishing the mitzvah. What do I mean? You just finished the Amidah. You just finished walking. When you pray the Amidah, you're walking in the palace of God. That's what you're doing. You're walking and you're having a one-on-one with Hashem. Is it respectful for you to go from the palace right back in? Is it? Yes or no? Is it yes or no? No, it's not respectful. It's not respectful. You can't, you just, fit, you, you just pray the Amidah. And right after that, you want to run back into the palace? You can't do that. You just finished praying? Shway, shway. Why? Because the severity of Starting the mitzvah and ending the mitzvah, that's the point. Ending the mitzvah is very, very crucial. Now what do I mean? A person has a mitzvah of Aknasat Ruchim. He came over, unbelievable. And as he's there, as he's there, in Aknasat Ruchim, I'm good, I'm good. Aknasat Ruchim, right? So the, the, really the right way is, it's good, it's good, it's good, good. The right way is, that what should a person do? A person should walk the guest out. Correct? Yes or no? 
It's the right thing to do. Walk him out, right? So wait, but you did a whole mitzvah. You did a great grand mitzvah. You, you had him over, he ate with you, he drank, he did everything with you. And then the last mitzvah, when you're closing the mitzvah, how important it is, well, you don't just let him go. Oh, wait, 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 I'm going to walk you to the door. At least to the door, the fachot, the door. You should walk him a little bit more further outside as well. You know, one time I was by, uh, I was by, I was by somebody's house, and, uh, and we were learning together. We were learning together. And then he says, uh, I'm doing harasad ochim, having you over, okay, fine. After we finished learning, he literally walked me all the way to my car. I said, you don't have to do that. He says, no, this is my mitzvah, this is what I'm doing, and he walked me. Why? Because it's not only the beginning of the mitzvah, it's also the end of the mitzvah. You have to complete the mitzvah in a, in a, in a right way. I'll give you another example. Take every Shabbat. Every Shabbat, everybody is doing great things. The whole Shabbat, you're so excited, you come in fresh. Showered, nice suit, great, you're having a great meal, kiddush. Now what happens at the end of Shabbat? You know what it says? You have to do Abdallah. But it doesn't say you have to do Abdallah. You have to, you have to escort the Shabbat the proper way with a malaveh malka. What do you have to do? You have a meal. Shulchan says, set up your table nicely. He says, even put a, put a, put a, put a, put a table, set it up. Why, why is that? I went to the rabbi's house one time in Israel when I was younger. When I was in uh, yeshiva, they put me in the rabbi's house. I see, what is he doing? He puts a white tablecloth. He started putting candles. He started putting a whole situation. I looked at him and said, I looked at him, oh, so much so? He says, what do you mean? Shabbat. It's not just entering Shabbat where it's very important. It's also exiting the Shabbat that it's very important. And you say, why? Because the mitzvah is a full package. It's not the beginning, it's also the end. You know, everybody in the beginning always does it right. But how do you close? A lot of people don't close properly. They don't finish properly. I'll tell you another example. Allah says, when you're coming to shul, you're not allowed, when you first walk in, what are you supposed to do? You're really supposed to have the right respect when you walk into a shul. And you're supposed to really, Allah says, there's a pasuk. With your ani, me, with your great chesed, with your great kindness, Hashem is giving you kindness to come. Not everybody has a school to come to shul. You think, no, I came to shul. No. Not everybody has a school to come to shul. What do you mean, I'll come into your house. This is where they bow down. They bow down. You ever see those guys go like this? You know, when they go in the shul, they go like this. They bow down to the echal. Like, I will bow down to the echal. And I'll come in with what? With fear. I'll just come into the shul. What do you think? The shul shul's your house? The guy puts his legs up, this, that. Starts vaping, starts this, starts that. What, 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 what just that? I just don't understand what happened. It's not a bar. It's not, it's not a hookah lounge. And you see, no, but he doesn't just vape. He's doing the, the holes. In, in the knees. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. No, Rabbi, I'm having a bad day. So have a bad day. So, 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 vape, so you have to do with the holes? You have to do with the holes? What, is it, what do they call the holes? You know what I'm talking about? Rings, rings, rings. They do a ring. And he just tries to do another ring and another ring and the same ring. And all this in the Bay Midrash. And then he's sitting back, oh, what, what, what were you saying, Rabbi, about the Gemara? This is Kavod to the Knees? This is Kavod to the Knees? I don't understand what happened. This is Kavod to the Knees? So the Torah, is, the Torah is saying, the Torah is specifically saying that what? 
really think about it. even in business. You know, you're not know to talk business in, in, in the shul. You know, you're not know to talk business in the shul. And by the way, be careful because if you do hospital that business deal, I would be scared to go into. Uh, you're talking business. Oh, selling on Amazon. What do you think? Da 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 da. In the shul, and then what happens? The guy starts holy. Then he's like, oh man, what, what happened? I thought this was a great deal. And then he's like, oh, and I know. I'm speaking business in the knees. Shul is a place of tefillah, a place of growing in Torah and mitzvot, it's a place of giving tzlaka, it's a place of dushah. It's mikdash mehat. You have to have trepidation. Unfortunately, people, they, they make it to a regular, 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 became a regular... No, 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 no. The guy thinks that he could talk like regular. What are you, what are you talking? What are we talking? What are you doing? What are you doing? You forgot that Hashem is the Shekinah here? What do you forgot? But not only when you walk into the shul, you have to have reverence. Even when you're exiting, even when you're exiting, the halacha says, if you're leaving the shul, you're not allowed to run out of the shul. You're not allowed. Say, why? What's the problem? You know? What's the problem? The answer is, it looks First of all, it doesn't look right. You're not giving the right kavot to Hashem. Now there is, there is in the halakha, if you're running to another shul, another Beit Midrash, okay, the halakha permits. But if you're not, if, if you're not, it doesn't look kavot for Hashem. It doesn't look right. You're finishing mitzvah, but you're not finishing properly. Why are you not finishing properly? Because you're, you're looking like you want to run away to the shul. It says also, you shouldn't pray by the door of the shul also. Why? Because people think that, oh, you, oh why are you praying there? Oh, you want, to kiss, you want to kiss early. You want to leave early, right? You know, oh, where's he going? So it's not displayed by the door. Why? Because it looks like what? It looks like you want to be the first one out. So you say, what's the difference, Rabbi? No. Because when you're doing a mitzvah, you're making a package and you're sending it to Hashem. And the package has to be wrapped from the beginning till the end perfectly. And if you're missing in it, I'm sorry to say, there's missing in that package of mitzvah. Even in learning, by the way. In learning, we say a tefillah. Where is it? Tisim. Which parak is it in? Kavchetam Udved. Correct. Kavchetam Udved. Yeah, he's learning it good. He's learning it good. He's learning it good, Nisim. He knows it well. He knows it well. What does it say over there? It says, before you start learning, Talakha says, there's a Yiratzon. In every Gemara now, they put it in the, in, in, in the side of the Gemara. Yiratzon v'necha, shelo yiratavata kali, I shouldn't falter in Talakha. But after the Ben Midrash, after you finish your day of learning, you know what the says? You have to say, it's a, whole, it's, a, it's a small prayer. What is a prayer? You want to finish the package of learning? Package it well. You, good, you did great, great with learning. What about the Modani? Why? Because a mitzvah has a beginning and a mitzvah has an end. And, and the ending is as or even more important than the beginning of that mitzvah. And therefore, a lot of people in life, they, have to, they, they don't realize that, but they have to understand that, because if you don't understand that, a lot of times, you're missing the mitzvah. It's not a full mitzvah. And if you don't have a full mitzvah, it, it, it's unfortunate. You go up to Shammai, you're getting all the reward, and all of a sudden, this reward, oh, what happened over here? You know, they, they make a joke, like, you know, the guy, the guy uh, he, he messed up in his mitzvah, okay, so he said, well, why does the angel have a missing leg? You know, why is his leg missing? Oh, because you ran out of the shul right away, you didn't have the kavod, oh, so, yeah, you're right, you ran to it, so the right one is strong, but the left one is weak, like, what happened? The answer is, you're creating, you're really creating, every mitzvah that you do. So therefore, what? A person has to take it seriously from the beginning to the end. Now, let me tell you something. Huh? What's your question, Nati? What's your question?
I know that you're supposed to say the Bakata Torah before you start learning. Yeah. Yes. So let's say you start learning and you didn't say the Bakata. Yeah, you stop and you say the bracha. It depends. You pray chachrit yet? I'm not gonna. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you the halacha after, but it's a good question. I'll tell you the halacha after. We'll talk about. If you didn't pray, if you didn't pray yet, you have to say bracha Torah. You have to say bracha Torah before you learn. But we'll talk after about it. We'll talk after about it. Um, let, let, let me just say a little bit more about this topic. You know, cl- closing with the mitzvah is very important. Starting with mitzvah is very important. But this is with mitzvot. However, there's something also, something even bigger than that. And that's life. And what do I mean? A few years ago, I, uh, I met my friend that's, I would say, about 10 years older than me. And when I was in yeshiva, he was married with two, three kids. And I remember the rabbi said about him, he's the best out of everybody. I'll never forget. He told me personally. It was a one-on-one. I was speaking to the rabbi. I was going to his shiur. I was going into his shiur. And he would interview you before you went to the shiur. You, could, you had to get accepted to his shiur. You didn't just go, Oh, I'm, I'm in yeshiva. Oh, can I go to you? No, no. You have to ask him permission. If he says he doesn't want you, you're out. It's like a very big thing. So when I went there, we were speaking. And he said, Listen, I'm only taking you. So he told me like this. He said, I'm only taking you on condition that you stay two years. I said, Why? He said he wants to build me. He wants to build my 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 my, my lam, lam, lam He wants to build my Torah. If it's not two years, please don't come to my shiur. I'm not interested. If you commit, I was like, Rabbi, I don't know. I could commit to one year. It's still Israel. I might have to go back. He says, if you can't commit to two years, I'm not interested. So he told me. So you know what? I'll commit to two years. He said, listen, um, uh, I'm just letting you know. I want you to be as great as so and so. And he was saying that person. I said, what do you mean that guy? He said, what about that guy? Says this guy, this, this this person, this yeshiva guy, he's the biggest out of everyone that ever came to my shiur. That's what he said. So I, I'll never forget that because it stuck with me. You know what I mean? So so fast forward many years later, I met him a few years back, and I saw him at a, at a shul. I was like, oh my goodness, I remember you when we were in uh, those days in, uh, in yeshiva. So yes. And I was like, I remember, in my mind, I'm thinking, I remember what the rabbi said about him specifically. I said, can I ask you a question? I said, what? I said, are you still striving to be the gadol? Are you still striving to be gadol, like, like the biggest in generation, like Torah, but Torah, the biggest giant in Torah? He said, no, 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 I gave up on that. I, I got so taken aback. I said, what does that mean, you gave back up on that? He says, no, no. He got older, he got a little bit older, and he says, uh, you know, I tried, and it, I was like, whoa, 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 it didn't sit well, it didn't sit well. And then I realized that that's not the only person. Many people, when they're starting off their journey, to, to do whatever you want to do, let's say to be the Mechacham, so they start off, or even, even Dafyomi, take Dafyomi, when they finish, everybody's excited, yeah, make a whole siyum, yeah. And then all of a sudden comes the first Everybody's in. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Comes the next. Come on, come. And who mean? Half guys are staying in, half guys staying out. A little bit more. Hey, what happened? At the end of the Siyum, half the Shiyum, what happened? The answer is the enthusiasm didn't stick with them from the beginning till the end. They didn't close properly. They didn't close properly because when they first started, you have to understand there's something called a commitment. And a lot of times people don't want to commit from the beginning to the end. And it's very hard and it's not easy. 
How many times were you in yeshiva or you're doing something and you want to do it from cover to cover, the mesechet from cover to cover. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you fall short. Why? Because the drive was there in the beginning, the motivation was there in the beginning, but it ended halfway. Why? Because you have to fuel yourself with enthusiasm. You have to fuel yourself with a burning desire that you're going to finish and you're going to do. And if you stop with it, then the, the, the project and the success stops with it also because you didn't drive it complete. And that is a lot of people where they don't finish. Why? Because the drive wasn't there the whole entire time. And now you can ask me, fine, Rabbi, how do you have that drive? You have to have it in your mind. I'm doing it, I'm committing from the beginning to the end, no matter what it takes. No matter how hard it is. You know, it's not easy to be Tamil It's not easy to learn the whole Torah. It's not easy to know Shas. It's not easy. You got to work very, very hard. You got to work very hard. And to remember, you got to work even harder. And you got to work and work and work. And after one year, oh, you know, it's, I can't even. No! The drive has to be continuous, continuous, continuous. And you're going to say, Rabbi, what should drive me? Anything that makes you drive, that should make you motivation. And I'll tell you something that I saw today in the world of the He says, one of the drives that could be, one of the motivations is be, is Olam Abba. Olam Abba is real. Olam Abba is not 120 years. Olam Abba is infinity. Infinity means you will live there a million, a hundred billion years. You know what it is, a billion years? That should motivate you. You will, Who do you want to be? You want to be, after a billion years, you want to be the same guy? It's not changing. If the person is dead, that's it. Whatever he gained from this world, that's it forever. Yeah, uh, things, people could send you packages through the image vault, but you yourself as a human being, whatever you accomplish in your knowledge of Torah, in your character traits, in your good deeds, is over. It's over forever and ever. You can't go further. And now you say to yourself, Rabbi, what's going to motivate me? That should be your biggest motivation. Havodavot says, you should be a Baal Ta'ava. You should have a lust and desire to get a Ba. You should go crazy to get the biggest Gan That's what you should do. Focus, think, what's going on? What's important of life? You know, a lot of people get stuck and they see, they see life. Oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. I have to do this, I have to do that. They're too busy making a living and they're forgetting how to have an after living. They forget to see, how am I going to have an after living? Yeah, the guy's set for this world. What about the next world? What about the real world? Where that real world is going to be forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You know what it is? A billion years, a trillion years, you're going to be the same person wherever you ended, wherever you got, wherever you grabbed. And a lot of people, they fall short. They get in the, in the youth of their life, in the beginning of their life, let's do it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be tzaddik. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And then as time goes, what happens? The guy feels he's getting older. He feels he's getting weaker. It's all, it's all, I want to tell you something. This is all yetzerara. It's all yetzerara. He wants to steal away from you the greatest pleasures. And therefore he tells you, oh, I'm, I'm too old for that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't. No, it's 100% wrong. You're not old. You can do it. You can do it. Set, up yourself, set yourself up good. Don't think it's too old. No. You know, you know, I, I, you know, I had, I had um, uh, what's it called? A scooter for my leg. You know, I broke the, the, the ankle, right? So, I, I, I was with the scooter. And, um, and I, was, I was passing by in, 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 in the hallway of the yeshiva. And my old Rebbe saw me, like when I was, 
he says, Oi, I feel so bad, I'm so sorry that you, you, you broke your ankle. And he saw me with the scooter. And I say, he tells me, you got to be careful with that scooter. He tells me. I said, why? He said, you know, so-and-so, he, he thought I knew him. He says, so-and-so just broke his leg as, as you six months ago. And then after that, uh, he had this scooter. And as he was going, he felt like he, he didn't see a ditch, a ditch. The scooter fell and he fell, uh, whoa. And he, and, he, and, he, and he said that he hit his head. He had, he had, to, he had to take a, in, a surgery right away. They cut up his head. It was some crazy story. And I said, oh my goodness. And he tells me, and he was a young guy. He was a young guy too. So I'm thinking, a young guy, oh my goodness. I'm like thinking, how old is he? In my mind, I'm thinking, how old is he? I said, who is he? So he says, oh, it's my friend uh, so-and-so, he tells me. And I'm looking at the rabbi. The rabbi is at least 72 years old. He's telling me he's a young guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's telling me, I'm like, wait, you're young? <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. Because why? He feels that he's young, he can do it. Don't sell yourself short in life. A lot of people, the reason why they don't succeed in life because they get to a certain age or a certain stage or a certain pl- plateau in their life and they say, you know what, I'm here, I'm done. It's so wrong, it's so wrong, it's so wrong. You got to break out of that shell and you got to say, I will do it. I will do it, I will do it, no matter what it takes. There's a lot of things that are, I told you the story about the Gohan Vilna once. Listen to the story, it's an amazing story, the Gohan Vilna. I say it a million times, it's such, such an important story. The Gohan Vilna, it's brought down... How once, when um, when uh, he was uh, he was on a train and it was before Shabbat and he had to exit exit the train for whatever reason and he's leaving the train and as he's leaving the train it was right before Shabbat and he needed a place to stay. He says, "Where's he going to stay?" He didn't know where he's going to stay. And uh, story goes that he saw in he saw like a, like like a small small house. And he goes to the small house and uh, he knocks on the door and he says, um, please, can you, uh, can you let me in for, for Shabbat? He says, listen, I'll let you in, but don't bother me. I don't know, I don't know who you are, don't bother me. Let's him in, famous story, he lets him in and they're eating and this, that. And finally at the end, he's about to leave, he says, before you leave, can I get you, the, 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 the host says to the Gomer Vilna, can I get you some tea, something hot? Shabbat, something, Motzei Shabbat. He says, yeah, I'll take a tea. Then he gets a tea, he's drinking whatever he was doing. And as he's sitting there, he says, you're the Gomer Vilna? Oh my goodness, I, uh, can I ask you a question? He says, yeah. He says, how's my Olam, I, I want, how's my Olam about? Answer me. He says, listen, I hosted you for the whole Shabbat, answer me. So he tells him like this, he tells him, what do you do? He tells him, what do you do? And he tells him, uh, I, I do this and I do that, I'm a shoemaker, I that. And, and I, I, I said, so what do you do? He says, I make literally enough to have one, one slice of bread a day and some butter for my family and very little. And he says, how hard do you work? I work very hard. So how's my alarm about? He says, think about it. What are you investing in it? Zero? You're not, you're not learning, you're not doing, you're not this. What, what do you expect to get? His point was trying to say is you have to invest in it. You have to strive for it. You have to grow for it. Yes, is it going to be hard to get front row? Yes. Is it going to be hard uh, certain things? Yes. Is it going to be certain challenges? Yes. And then so what? So deal with the challenge. Because, because it's so hard, the reward is going to be so much greater. You have two guys in yeshiva. Or two guys regular learning. One guy in yeshiva... It's so hard for him to sit for more than a half hour. You have another guy, he loves it. He jokes, he never had any problems. 
He know he he's one of these book smart guys. He loves he loves loves the sevarim. He loves it. And this guy's saying to myself, I, I can't sit down for a hour. This guy's sitting. He can sit down for five hours straight. It's not fair. He says everything is fair. Why? Why do you say everything's fair? Because the fact that you struggle because it's so hard for you to do a certain thing, you'll get more reward than anybody else that's out there. So you're lucky in a way. Sometimes even ladies. It's hard to be sneered. Rabbi, it's hard to be sneered. He says, ah, what's going to be? It's hard, it's hard. And then you have another lady. It's not nothing hard. What's the big deal? But there's that. He says, I, I can't do it. No, no, no. You can do it. Because your reward, it says, lefum tsara agra. tsar the more tsar it is, the more reward you'll get. So the next time you're involved in a mitzvah and it's hard, do it anyway. Do it anyway. You know, downstairs, you guys see what we're doing. We're doing a whole bit of midrash. You know how hard it is? You, you guys think it's, oh, put the, everything. oh, when's it going to be ready? Just put this, put that. You know how hard every single little item is? You know how hard every single little item is to this, to that, to that, to, to incorporate this, to match that, to lighting this, lighting that. Every single nook and cranny that you see is detailed to the max. Is it hard? Yes, it's hard. Are we going to give up? No. Why should we give up? All right, but what's going to be? You're getting the fiat sad kachasachad. You're getting the reward is great. A lot of times a person has, a, has an obstacle in front of him. He says, no, I'm done. I can't do it. No. That's when you go harder and you're stronger. And therefore, that is exactly what the the me'il, what the coat was teaching us. You had bells that was going in when he heard it. He heard the bells that were on the bottom around the, the, the coat was going in, and he heard it going out. Well, obviously, if he heard it going in, he heard it going out. Why do we care going out? Because the mitzvah has to be complete. It's not enough you just started the mitzvah. You have to complete the mitzvah. You know, every siyum, you know what, it's, you know, you, you know what siyum stands for? You know what siyum is? In the, 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 there's a samich mem. It's one of the names of the Yetzirah. The samich mem, they call one a samich mem. And it's the, the literally how you spell it is Samich Mem, and he's saying Aleph Lamid. What does that stand for? Some people say Siyum Mesechet en Laasot. That's Samich Mem, and then you have Aleph Lamid. Siyum Mesechet en Laasot. He'll stop you. The guy will be uh, some. He can't do it. What happened? He can't close. He can't finish because the Yetzirah doesn't want you to complete the mitzvah. And therefore you have to understand the beginning is important and at the end it's important. It's not just the beginning, it's also the end. You have to have the, 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 the oh, you finished, you did it, you completed it. And that's why even at the end, you make a party. You make a siyum, you make a big siyum, you make a big party. You say, well, what's the big deal? No, it is a big deal. They say, B'Shem the Brisk if a person wants a barakah, go to someone that's making a siyum, go get a barakah from him. Oh, you made a siyum, give me a barakah. That's what they say. Why? Because it's the etratzon. It's an etratzon from Shalai when he's doing that siyum to go get a barakah from that person. Why? You make a siyum, give me barakah. That means he went through the home of from cover to cover. That means it was, the, it was not the easiest, but he still pushed through and he still made it. And that's every single mitzvah in your life. You have to complete it correctly. You have to complete every mitzvah correctly. The beginning until the end. Shabbat, you come in with the fervor and you're excited and there's that, and it ends the same way. Make malava malka, let's go, bring some ha, let's go. I went to Rav Schoenberg once and I asked him, I asked him, malava malka, is it part, because it says Shabbat, whatever you spend for Shabbat, you get paid back for. I asked him, is that considered part of Shabbat? Yes or no, do I get paid back for it or not? That's what I asked Rav Schoenberg. 
He told me according to the Ritba, he says yes, because every mitzvah you get paid back for. That's what he quoted. According to the Ritba. Ritba says every mitzvah you get paid back for. And therefore a person has to understand how important it is. Not only the mitzvah, how do you close in your life? Don't ever let the motivation stop you. Don't ever let that, that, that inside passion stop you. And you want to do, you want to accomplish. How many times people want to do organization? I, I know a guy, he wanted to do an organization. He wanted to complete it. And, and so what happened? What happened? Just died out? I tried once, I tried twice, I can't anymore. You know, you know the light bulb? You know how many times the guy tried to make the light bulb? Anybody know? How many times do you think he tried? 409 times. No. That's wrong. Where did you get the number from? <laughs> Where did you get the number from? You know, you, you, know, you, you, you know how many times? I can't believe you guys don't know. It's easy. Huh? Yeah, it says it over there. How many times? No, 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 no. I don't know. We're not being asking. What did it say? Fourteen hundred over there. Over a thousand times. Over a thousand times. You're telling me you're gonna give up after you tried de- developing something after two times, after three times, after twenty times? Yeah. How many times did it say over there? Okay, oh, let's say a thousand, for sure a thousand times, yeah? Okay, but for sure a thousand times, yeah? Imagine, could you do a project and you failed once, twice? How many times does it take you to go and say, I'm done with this project? How many times would you say? Uh, some people didn't even start no project. <laughs> Imagine, how many times, Jack? Ten. Some people go by six, some people by ten. A thousand times? That means his motivation to make a light bulb, to make electric, was there a thousand times. He fell over a thousand times, fell and fell and fell. What about us? What about us? What are we going to do? And we're going to fail, and we're going to grow, and we're going to fail, and we're going to grow, and we're going to this, and we're going to that. But it never stops. It never, ever stops. It never, ever stops. And therefore, Rabotai, I want to conclude with that. I want to conclude by saying that a person has to start well and finish well. You know the Benish Kai. Let me see. He was turned down. Oh, this is, yeah. this is this is right. KFC. Oh, you sure this is good? Hey, what's what's KFC? What is this? Fucking fried chicken. Fried chicken. Kosher fried chicken. Kosher fried chicken. Oh, you know the you know you have you have that KFC that 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 non kosher restaurant the the KFC says he says he was turned down. I have to read it. 1,009 times before his chicken was accepted once. Imagine frying. Imagine going to fry every single time, trying to fry a kibbeh. Imagine a kibbeh once, didn't go out. Twice, didn't go out. I want to perfect my kibbeh. Uh, how many times would you say? He's frying chicken for over a thousand times. And then after the thousand and nine time, it says he was accepted once. By 1964, what's his name? Colonel Arnold Sander had 600 franchise sell his trademark chicken. Now he sold his company for $2 million. Wow. You hear what's going on? He finally became, who doesn't know KFC? Everybody knows KFC. And what happens? What? A thousand times frying chicken. How many times can you fry the same chicken and say, all right, bah! you take the whole frying pan, get out of here. No. He did it over a thousand times. And I ask you a question. How many times are you going to try to make something for Hashem? Make something out of yourself. Yes, a lot of times. No, not once. You try and you try and you try and you try and you try. And if, and, and if you don't succeed, you try again. And you don't succeed, try again. Don't be a failure in serving Hashem. Because eventually you will succeed. 
Hashem wants you to succeed, but He wants to see how much you're going to push, and we push, and we push, and we push. There's so many people that they, 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 were, they, they, they were in the sense where they, they, nobody knows going to come out of them. But they pushed, and they pushed, and they pushed till the end. And therefore, you can never give up. You can never give up from the beginning when you start till the end, especially through your life. Because a lot of times in your life, the motivation that you had when you first started won't be the same motivation when you end. And therefore, you have to go through life and saying, I will succeed. I will be a Sadiq. I will make sure my neshama after 120 will be clean to go to Hashem. I will make sure I have a lot of good deeds. I will make sure I'm going to learn a lot of Torah. I will make sure that I'll help a lot of people. I will make sure that I'll give a lot of tzedakah. I will make sure. And like that, never, ever, ever give up. Never give up. I'm going to end off with this. There was a fellow here. I'm not going to mention no names. There was a fellow. No point, please. Not him. <laughs> Definitely not him. Look, there was a fellow here. He's not here now. All right, let me tell you what happened. I got a call from certain yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva knows me very, very well. And he takes my word. And he told me, there's a certain boy, there's a certain boy that, that, that I was... That, that I was teaching, I was learning with. And he says he wants to come to my yeshiva. And I'm scared that he might mess up the whole yeshiva. He might mess up the whole yeshiva. He comes in, he's a, he's, he's a troublemaker. I said, why are you scared about that? He tells me, because I spoke to his, his rabbi in, 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 in his old yeshiva, I spoke to this guy, this guy, this guy. And they're all saying, you're going to take him, he's not going to learn nothing. And now they're going to learn anything. I'm telling you right now, Today, today, this guy, if you see him, he's learning so hard, you can't even imagine, you can't even pinpoint that this is the guy that people didn't want to accept in Yeshiva. What happened? He never gave up from the beginning till the end. He wanted to succeed, things were happening, but he never gave up the motivation, the fire was still within him. I'm telling you, I'm not even joking, I see the guy, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it, that you were the guy that wasn't going to be accepted to all these yeshivot, and you, Baruch Hashem, I told Roshiva, take him, and he's going to succeed with you, and he took him, and he's the top guy in the whole yeshiva now. How did that even happen? The answer is, he had it in him to motivate himself, to motivation to be Sadiq, and he never ever stopped. And that's what it is. A lot of times, yeah, you might fail a lot of times, but don't let it ruin your fire. I always say this, how this lady, she's trying to get Sneut, and all of a sudden, finally that one Shabbat, she comes in, she's just so, so dressed in Sneut, she wears a skirt, and she comes to her in-laws, what happens, her sister-in-law is looking at her, her sister-in-law says, oh, so you think you're more religious than us? What do you think? Like, and all of a sudden she gets so upset, oh, what should I do? Oh, I'm going to throw everything out. What? Where's the fiery burn, Fashem, where the fiery burn of desire it says, I'm going to go full force. You start and you finish full force. The beginning of your life, you have motivation. The end of your life, you have the same motivation. I'll never stop till the last breath. Look at Gershon Edelstein, Zechariah Look at him. They were having, they were sending out videos the day he died. He was over a hundred. He was with tubes in his nose. And the last day, he was, I saw him the week he passed away. The way I saw Rav Gershon Edelstein the week he passed away. I was there Friday. The next Friday, he was perfectly fine. He was over 100 years old. I met him in Israel, in Brebrak. I went to his house. I saw him on Friday. That Wednesday, I found there was an emergency. He went to the hospital. That Friday, whatever, whatever he passed away exactly, I saw they took videos. Then I was on a tube. He was giving shiur 
with his notes. Because his fire of serving Hashem never ended. Imagine you say, oh, I'm done, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done, I'm done, I'm over 100 years old, in the hospital in the last three days, okay, I can chill, I can relax. No! He said, I'll never, I'll never. And that's the me'il. The me'il is saying, you walk in with those bells ringing, you walk out with those bells ringing. We should be zokheh to remember this lesson and always have the motivation and fire within us to continue always. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.